Hello and welcome to episode 39 of the Mental Health Gaming Podcast. I am Bradley, I almost forgot my own name, and once again, someone whose name I cannot forget, I'm joined by Stu. How are you doing, Stu? Yeah, not bad. Yeah, named seared into the cortex. That's the way that we want to do it. Yes, yes. I, I, I forget my own kids' names, but you're you're always in there. Well, I'm far more um, important, so you know you are. Yeah. And I'm, I'm 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 sort of going at you like I'm you know some kind of crazed stalker as well. I know your every movement. And yeah, what I'm you're not doing sorry. right now. I thought I saw some binoculars outside last night. Yeah, a bit dodgy. Um, that that's just that's just the decoy. I'm much closer than that. I'm in okay. your head. Okay, that's that's just terrifying now, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll get on to the week that was later, but we might as well start, and hopefully this goes well. What have we been playing? Not a huge amount, but a couple of standouts. So I played Gradius Three or Gradius Three, depending on how you want to pronounce it from the uh, back catalogue of the SNES, which is a funny one. I mean, why bother? Because that one's got slow down. But the reason being, I've been watching a load of speedrun videos and I saw somebody do it and do it with one credit in about 40 minutes. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll have a go at that. Anyway, played it through, really enjoyed it, managed to generate more slowdown than he did because he was really clever at picking the right options and power-ups so that he wasn't filling the screen with bullets. And And then I got to the end and I was like... I thought I was sure I got clipped a couple of times and should have blown up at least um, and then realised somehow they'd patched in a cheat where I was invincible through the whole game so I'd played the whole game thinking I was being ace and doing it on one life and it was because uh, I had invincibility which is quite funny but there you go oh, so it would have been funny if you was an actual speedrunner you had done that you submitted it and then you got caught out for cheating yeah, can you imagine if I'd taken it seriously? It's like, oh my god, I'm a genius, and then realised <laughs> I've been a spanner the entire time. Uh, yeah. Oh dear. A, so yeah, good game that though. I do. I did enjoy that when I played that. I think I played that on the SNES as well. And to be honest, I don't. I, back then, even then, I didn't notice any slowdown or anything like that because I don't <laughs> notice those things on the whole. So yeah. <laughs> there's something wrong with you, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just probably. Oh, I just. I suppose back then, when was that released? What year was that released? Oh, that would have been about ninety-one, maybe ninety. Oh, it was. A, it was um, a launch game in Japan, so nineteen ninety. I'd have been somewhere between nine and twelve when I played that then. I'm an idiotic child. I don't. I just think that's probably the way the game's meant to be played. Yeah. So you don't, I honestly don't think you care when you're that young at all. No, <laughs> no um, you don't. And I'm and because I have the brain of a child. I think that's how I still think about games. <laughs> unless yeah. I, honestly, unless it's terrible, like we are going down to like um, a slideshow, then honestly, it doesn't bother me. I understand. <laughs> that's my gaming credentials gone. Totally. Totally. Yeah, I'm not going to listen to anything you say from now on. Well, not that I did anyway, but you know. No, um, I'm, just, so... I'm just white noise. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? No, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so I actually quite enjoyed that. I, I, I'm going to go through again and play it and see how far I can get on, on one life. But uh, I think it'd be quite far because I did actually pretty well, um, even taking into account <laughs> the invincibility. Anyway, so yeah, that was fun. And I've also been playing Serious Sam 4, um, which, yeah, I'm doing for review. Um, yeah, so that's kind of 
serious jank for, really, just to use a terrible pun that doesn't even properly work. Um, so it's not a desperately bad game. It's an extremely middle-of-the-road game with a load of technical problems on top and some really, really strange design decisions. So I'm going into mad detail because I'll do a review, but basically... It, they've kind of tried to do a Doom 2016 with it and go, oh, we'll add all these new features and uh, we'll we'll tweak it to be more than what the public want. Yeah. Now, I've never played a serious Sam game before, but my idea of them was basically Duke Nukem, but if he had a lobotomy kind of thing. So even dumber than Duke Nukem games. Um, everything runs at you. You don't have to reload, you just have to spray and pray, and it's all about the huge numbers of critters coming at you at once. So it has that, and some, you know, remarkably wide open areas to allow it to happen, but it has reloads on the guns. Some of the guns are absolutely rubbish and pointless. In fact, you only really need the shotgun. If it wasn't for the fact that ammo is distributed and there's ammo for all the weapons, if it was all just shotgun shells and you could just use the super shotgun, that would be fine. It's so overpowered. Um, so it's unbalanced. It's The weapons are a little bit pointless. The melee doesn't work properly. And there's stuff like, like I'll have killed a load, I've killed everyone, I think. Like I've killed the, everything in the arena. And I'll turn around and there'll be an enemy there who's just stuck in the scenery. Um, and so you have to kill him so that it will trigger the next part of the mission and just serious jank like that every now and again as well so it's a funny one at the moment in this state I couldn't recommend it at all but it might be one of those you can recommend once they've managed to fit, squash some of the really egregious bugs that are in it And yeah. so here's the thing that I've always thought about Serious Sam Serious Sam as a series is crap always has been for me, even the early games. I don't know why they got the reputation they got. Um, and I don't mean to shit on um, Crow Team at all, but they are crap, but fun crap. I've played them and I've enjoyed them, but they are generally just not very good games, but they are somehow still fun. They're like a low-budget movie, in a way. Yeah. And, um, yeah. But it, they led to the absolutely amazing set in the same world, so up its arse and serious the Talos principle as well, which is really bizarre because you could look deep into that and you see how much those two worlds are intertwined. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, completely. There's If you look deep, there's many uh, facets about uh, the Talos principle that link directly into Sirius Sam to show they are set within the same world. So Crow Team have got something about them. They are clever guys and girls who make that make that make those games. But yeah, Sirius Sam has been has been crap, but I, for me, it's the gaming equivalent of The Room and the Tommy Wiseau film, for anyone who doesn't yeah. know, where it's it's earned a reputation of being something that you know it's crap, but you enjoy it because it's crap, and that's what Serious Sam is now. Yeah, yeah. I was expecting it to be a bit of a B-movie, like, EDF-type game, mm. but yeah, no, I wasn't expecting it to be, like... <laughs> mechanically broken in some areas and I think that's kind of hit them hard they are they do seem to be like working really really hard on on bug fixes I think they probably got it yeah. pushed out the door by their publisher but yeah and is it so, it is Crow Team behind it isn't it again I think so yeah I'd have to um, check it yes it is it's Crow Team and uh, published by Devolver Digital yeah um, 
So I suppose maybe because it's Devolver Digital as well, maybe subconsciously it's held to a, a higher standard than what you might if it was self-published or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I've never played any of them before, so I'm just I'm just literally going off what I'm playing. And uh, yeah, it's a bit funny for it to have been released in that state, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, I, I would go back and play the others because they are serious jank but are entertaining at the same time. And I wonder if it might reframe your opinion on Serious Sam 4. Yeah, fair play. Um, so, yeah, well, talking of Devolver Digital, I've been playing another one of their uh, recently published games, and that is Disc Room. Uh-huh. You mentioned it briefly last week that it looks like one I'd enjoy. And yeah. I hate to say this, Joe. You're 100% correct. Absolutely <laughs> 100% correct. Yeah, it is wonderful because it's it does that thing that um, both Tetris does and that the original Monkey Ball did. It's so damn simple in its execution that it just becomes brilliant. You focus on doing one thing and then building that up and building that up and doing that well that... It's it's just brilliant to play. You, you know, you realise that you will die. You can get special power-ups and stuff like that that will aid you, but nothing that's too overpowering. Each of them have benefits and weaknesses, which is really good. There are bosses to beat, which which is quite interesting how you do that. But it's got it's a one-note game, but does it so spectacularly well. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, the concept is you get put into these um, these individual rooms and these um, serrated blade discs are flying around trying to hit you and you've got to avoid them just by running around. And basically it's a sort of high score game in a way where you just got to survive for as long as you can. And if you survive for long enough, you open up doors to another room and you proceed. You do the same, you move on, you do the same. You move on, you get a boss battle where you do the same, but you have to then hit some little, um, like pick up some little bits, which cause the boss damage. You move on, you do the same, you move on. You get different disc types, so you'll get different attack patterns and things like that. Um, and they layer upon each other, and each room has a sort of semi theme to it that you just improve on. There's like some little subtleties. So, you, most rooms you can run around, you survive for as long as possible. And there's other rooms where you've got to stay within a portion of that room for the clock to actually count. So if you move out of the inner circle, the clock stops and then you have to go back in and you need to clear X amount of time. Really clever, really clever stuff there. And it is just so simple. Um, But what it did get me doing was I was was playing it initially and I was going, ah, this is a bit like Don't Die Mr. Robot. Yeah. I'm going to go and replay that just to see you know how much of a rip-off is it and it's not went back and played don't die mr robot and it's like comparing i suppose halo to fallout um in a way like because they're both first person shooters doesn't mean that that's what they're defined to be both of these are where you avoid enemies by moving around the screen and you you know and you can do different things and, and so on and so forth. But the actual way you play them and the ethos behind them both is very different. So with Don't Die Mr. Robot, you're trying to build up fruit. You've got to you always want to avoid the fruit while you're moving around, whilst avoiding the enemies, and then setting off a chain reaction with the fruit to destroy the enemies. Whereas with this room, it is ninety-nine percent just avoidance, stay alive. 
Yeah. And what I love it for, one, it got me to appreciate Don't Die, Mr. Robot again, because I've not played that for a good couple of months, and I, I love that game. If you haven't checked that out, you can get that cheap pretty much anywhere. If you've got a Vita, you can still get that one, and it's still fairly cheap. But Infinite State Games, Mike Dore, who make that, send them your love. It's a, one of my favourite games of the last few years. But yeah, this group really good, really, really good, because it does that monkey ball thing where you can play it one-handed, and that's it. You just you learn the control and you're good to go. Mm. I'm not good at it, by the way. I'm not very good, but it is brilliant. And I'll talk more about that. I'll be doing a, a bit of a ramble on that. Um, but yeah, it is superb. Nice. Um, it makes me feel actually just covered what the ramble about. It makes me feel good as well because because it does the countings in from like obviously seconds and then fractions of a second. It's actually so easy to improve. Each time, once you learn the techniques and you go back, so you might survive for, say, 15.431 seconds. So when you go back out and you do 15.526 seconds, it just feels like you've improved by loads because of that, like, to three decimal points. Yeah. yeah. Um, it really makes you feel like you really have nailed improvement. Um, it's like when you're doing a, a lap on a racing game and you manage to beat your time after, like, the 60th try. Uh, by a fraction of a second. It, it's like that, but more instantaneous. So it's got a really good endorphin rush to it as well. Yet the where you die, because it's instant, restarts and stuff, and every level is about at most 45 seconds long so far. You're just never out of the action for long, so the even the disappointment doesn't last. So yeah, absolutely, it's now yeah. absolutely brilliant. Awesome. Um, and just one other I'll touch on now that I've been playing is one that's a little bit out of my wheelhouse, actually. I wasn't expecting to, to do much with it. And that's um, Crown Trick. Yeah. Um, and that's a, it's an RPG dungeon crawler turn-based type thing. Um, but it's live turn-based. So the reason I like this, have you played Cadence of Hyrule and uh, uh, Crypt of the Necro Dancer? Sorry. No, no, I've not played right. either of them. <laughs> so that's fine. But both of those games are basically you move around the dungeon and you have to do it to the beat. And every time you move, the enemy move or they move to the beat and stuff like that. So you have to time your movements, but you have to be aware of what the move that the enemies are doing at any one time. So they've got a, they've got patterns rather than they look at you and then focus on you. And you have to work around those. Now. The concept of those games are brilliant, but I just can't do them because I have no rhythm and I can't keep to the beat or anything and it gets too much for me. So Crown Trick takes that cold concept and kind of removes the musical beat element to it. So every time you move, the enemy makes a move and it's turn-based in that way. And you have to use different tactics to, you can skip your go and make the enemy move. You can move on the spot to make them move. And then you you got this idea is when you attack them, if you do enough damage with an attack, you get a break on them, which renders them completely useless, and then you can absolutely level them. And then it, that whole concept gets um, harder and harder and harder as it goes by adding layers upon layers to it and makes things more complex, but in a way that's really easy to understand and it guides you through the game really well. Um, about halfway through at the moment, and I've not got to the point yet where I'm going... Um, I'll see it through and I'm, I'm wanting to play it. It's a really good game and I will talk more about it. But if anyone played Cadence of Hyrule or Crypt of the Necro Dancer and struggled, 
with it because of the hectic nature of it, give Crown Trick a go. It, it, it gives you that game but uh, a more easier paced level, but with all the challenge that you would want from it as well. Cool. Yeah, the only, I mean, other than rhythm action games, that um, bullets per minute is the only thing I've played sort of similar, but that's 3D, not 2D. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I had a look at it. That's, that's way beyond me, completely way beyond me, that one. I, I don't even <laughs> want to try it because that would just make me depressed. Yeah, it made me depressed. <laughs> Definitely. So, yeah, that, so if you, anything else, or has it just been those couple for you so far? Yeah, just those couple. Fair enough. Um, I've got a couple more, but I'll, Otherwise, it will leave no content for, for the YouTubes. Um, but I'll, I'll just tell you what they are. Um, some more Lonely Mountains and Cook Surf Delicious 3. But no, you'll have to check out the YouTube channel if you want to find out my thoughts on those. Because oh. now we're doing cross-promotion. <laughs> I will. I will check those out. Yes, you will. The staff don't even check them out usually. That's fine. The staff? What's that all about? Staff. Someone's oh. getting a bit... Someone's getting a bit big for their boots, aren't oh, they? Oh, someone's off Ooh. themselves. The staff. Yeah. Um, the hired help. Um, Sorry, master. Sorry. Yes. yes, you know you know your you know your place. I do. Should do. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> so one of the things I'm, I'm going to chat about now, moving on, um, and I'm going to drag this little bit out because I know Stu puts the musical interlude in there and I try and make it a bit easy for him. <laughs> Cheers. So... Um, but yeah, it's just this. Anyway, um, this last week um, on various stages, I've been suffering huge crisis of confidence, and to the point it almost made me get to the point where I went, "Should I even be doing this? Does anyone really want to listen to me?" And I know the answer's no, Stu. I know no one actually wants to listen to me. <laughs> you preempted <laughs> my joke. <laughs> uh, but no, I got to a point where I was wondering, like, what am I, who am I actually speaking to? You know, is, is everything just sympathy-based or are people humouring me? And it's that little devil that gets inside your head and he burrows in. Uh, I say he because he's an absolute bastard as well. Um <laughs> Yeah, it has to be a man because, yeah. But, yeah, he burrows in and they just, little bits, little bits. So you'll put out, I think I put out a new video type last week. And I put it out and I was okay putting it out. But I was already telling myself that it was crap. And I, I think if people saw my tweets at that time, I was telling them, I'll put this new video out. I know it's crap. I was preempting negativity and telling everyone it was crap and it might not work. It might not do this. And that was the first little sign that 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 demon inside had got to me. And then it was off the back of my eyes. I hadn't done much and I had a build up of stuff that I needed to get recorded. And so I was looking at it and I was going, oh, is it even worth doing this now? I'm not playing, but I can't see well, so I'm not going to be playing very well. I've only recorded some games. I've, I mean, I only ever recalled like the first few minutes of a game anyway. Um, so whenever people see my footage, it's literally from either the tutorial or the opening levels of a game. And it's not because I'm only playing those opening levels. It's because I don't want to show people what's deeper into a game unless there's something absolutely outstanding that I think changes everything. I think I want people to discover it all themselves. So I only show the opening moments. Yeah. So then I've got to go, well, people might think I'm just blagging this. People might go, well, he's only shown the first five minutes of the game. Why is he 
talking about the whole game. So I was like, oh, so should I be changing that? Should I be make sure I'm recording for hours and hours and hours just to get five minutes of footage? So there was that going. And then I was looking at my edits and I was going, oh, they're not very good. Um, I was looking at views on a few of them and I was going, it popped up. I was watching YouTube on the um, TV, watching food and stuff. And one of my own videos popped up and I had like 30 odd views. And I looked at it and the videos around it, which were nothing to do with what I was doing. Uh, one was about a review of um, like killer clowns from outer space. And the other one was something to do with the new uh, 30 um, series graphics cards. Um, from Linus Tech Tips, and they've got like hundreds of thousands, if not a million, review uh, like views and stuff like that. And there's mine with like thirty odd. And I looked at it and just went, "Who am I actually talking to?" Um, and so instead of going logically, well, look, they've been around for years. These people who are doing these, they've built up an audience, and now they are named. So they can any video they put out is immediately going to get tons of tons of views just because of who they are and what they cover. Um, and going, Brad, you're covering something that's actually still quite niche and that a lot of people don't really want to admit they need to listen to or talk about. Yeah. So the name alone of what you're doing, mental health gaming, might put people off wanting to check out what you're doing. Looking at it all logically. Instead of that, I'm just going, is it even worth it? You know, I've always told myself that if I reach one person or one person catches our stuff and it's good for them, then job done. Um, but that demon guys go, well, you know, you should be meeting more than one person. You know, what, all that effort, you're putting in a good few hours effort of editing and recording voiceovers. And I mean, you've already made excuses as to why you don't do various different takes of your voice. Because, because you know, your ADHD, you're using your ADHD as an excuse, Brad. So what's the point? These five minute rambles, do people really want to listen to you to five minutes? And it's in there constantly, 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 constantly. And then sort of like, so you get in there and I'm, I'm sitting there going, I could I could play some games now. I'm just, I'm just like, make sure I'm a bit more informed when I've got the footage. And then I'm, I'm going there going, should I set up the camera and record some stuff for it? Or should I just play and then use that to form my opinion? And by the time I've actually come round to going, shall I? I've then got to a point where I'm going, I can't be asked to play this now. So that goes from it. And it's in my head going, see, oh, look, you can't even be bothered to play your game, Brad. Your footage you got, you weren't very good in that footage you got. People are going to judge you, Brad. They're going to judge you. And it was, I was bottling it inside um, and just letting it, letting the demon take hold. Trying to do a few bits to battle it and things like that. Um, and then two things I, I, I happened where I decided that, no, actually, this is how I'm going to combat it. Um, they happened at the same time. So one was to do with me, and I'll come to that in a minute. And the other was my son, um, who is such an optimist. He gets, like, at the moment, you can win, like, a PlayStation 5 in Doritos. And his opinion is, well, I'm going to eat Doritos because I'm going to win. You know, I've got a good chance of winning. Whereas my opinion on stuff like that is, ah, oh, why bother? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, not gonna, yeah, yeah you're not going to win. But he's, he's, well, no, I've got the code. I'll text the code in. I, I might win. And he, um, I think, I don't know if I told about it on the podcast before, but people who know me know this, that he entered a photo competition. He was shortlisted, went to a public vote, unfortunately didn't win the public vote. He lost out to a semi-professional adult photographer, um, which oh, is fine. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. Because it wasn't a competition that was only open to amateurs. So don't get me wrong. It's absolutely fine. But the winner contacted Lucas personally and left a note 
on one of his photos that he had, on the photo he had entered and went just to let you know it's a shame he didn't win um this was one of my favorites um in the whole competition um keep at it and you'll do you know you will win stuff and you will become a good photographer oh, um, so good. really lovely of him really really lovely so um lorraine um, sent him a private message and said, thank you, you know, my son was a little bit disappointed, but you've just made his day. And he responded back with quite a, an in-depth fear as to why Lucas's photo was good, why he chose that and another one as his standout photos. And he said, you can tell he's got a good eye. He's not just taking good pictures. He's taking excellent photos. There's care, there's consideration. Uh, and honestly, he went, just let him keep going there. He will lose competitions. He went, I lose more than I win. He will win some as he goes. Don't let that be the defining characteristic of of his photography, and it was just really good to hear, and it was, and that gave me a little bit of a boost personally as well. Yeah, and the thing that done me was like I, I've always been not wanting to tell people that I'm having crisis of confidence, but I've been trying to do that more often than not. So I put it out there on Twitter and got some good response of you know what you're doing is great, uh, but I wasn't doing it to get the oh let people tell you you're great. It wasn't that kind of I'm going to fish for compliments. But at the same time, it was because we all need an ego boost at times. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's it's something we do need. And, uh, you know, as long as you're not somebody who's out there all the time, after you've just been told, oh, you know, what you do is really good. And then five minutes later going, oh, do you know what? Ah, oh, I suck again. Um, because you can tell when it's genuine. You can tell when people are just doing it because they fancy some compliments or they fancy attention. Um, I don't like that. So I'm always very nervous about doing it, but I put it out there and it was nice to hear people say that what we do is is good. I think what's great is similar to when you're in a good job, which I've heard actually happens sometimes. Um, yeah. You, you, uh, you gain support from people and you feel their support because if you make a mistake, if you do something wrong or your content or your output isn't great, they'll tell you, like we do on our site, you know, if yeah. something's going wrong, if if tech, if technically it's not good and needs redoing or tweaking, or if the content is a little bit, oh, you know, we need to adjust it here or there, like people will tell you that and they'll tell you it straight away and they won't just go, oh, it's absolutely amazing, superb, it's fantastic, it's wonderful. Because yeah. there's no value in anyone just saying that to you the entire time. And it, it's lovely to have that from like your family and then they always go, oh, well, you're the best. Oh, you're fantastic. Everything you do is brilliant. Wait, like, is, that what fa- is that what families are meant to do <laughs> apparently but um, i'll grab a word with mine <laughs> but yeah no it's great if you've got your family saying that you're excellent because that's yeah. what they're there for but obviously that's not a critique but um i think one of the reasons why you and myself and loads of our other team members have been able to succeed <clears throat> with what they're doing for the site is because we'll just be honest so when somebody does come on and go oh do you know what that's great or they go oh no you don't need to worry about your content it's been fantastic then you know they're being honest because if there was a problem they would tell you about it yeah and what i'd like to say as well is having duffy recently put out his first article and seeing the reaction to that has been amazing um, I hope it's been amazing for him because I know it was great for me because from the very first second he showed interest but was so, saying along the lines of, I want to write but I don't know if I'm good enough. First thing I did was I made I made him a staff member, gave him an account on, on the uh, back end of the site so he could post whenever he felt like it but without the pressures of, well, okay, go and post something. 
uh, because some people some people can work under pressure, other people can't. And wanted him to be ready. And he's now put out his very first piece for us, and it is really good, and it's gained traction, being read by quite a lot of different people. It's been shared, um, and that is really good. And I'm hoping for him, it's shown him that he's good at what he does and that he's got a, an outlet there and he carries on to do it. But that made me feel really good about him and about myself that, you know, we are able to give people that outlet. And at the same time, we've got a couple of other people who can't write at the moment uh, through various different reasons. But there's no pressure to, because I think if you're not in the right creative space to do it, it's going to show in your writing. For sure, yeah. Uh, But usually I look at a backlog of stuff and go, right, let's get that number down. I love that. I will take that on. Um, one of someone else, a friend, on um, who writes with us as well, uh, sent me a message a couple of weeks ago. Went, "Are you doing too much?" And I was like, "No, honestly, I'm doing what I love doing. So honestly, I'm not doing too much. I, I, if I was, I'd be trying to force everyone to take stuff. But as it is at the moment, I'm in a space where I can actually now sit down at a computer, headphones on, and I can crank through games." So I'm happy to take that on, but it's, so I've always, and I hope this always comes across, I've never put any pressure on anyone to have to do anything, apart from you to get these edits out, by the way, Stu. You know what happens if, you know what happens if you do not get these edits out. Uh, I'm I'm still (laughs) scraping out the bamboo shoots from under my fingernails from weeks ago. (laughs) But yeah, I've never, I mean, I think we've said, haven't we, sometimes that we'll aim for a Friday. And I think uh, I've said to you before, if it ends up going to a Saturday, it ends up going to a Saturday or Sunday, what does it matter in the grand scheme of things? And that's where I want to take the pressure off because I think learning from what AAA companies do and even some of the indie companies, putting people under crunch pressure, just stifles all enjoyment, all creativity. Yes. So, yeah, but pressure, I've never tried. At least I hope I would be told if I was putting pressure on people, but I never put absolute pressure on people to do anything. But it's just, yeah, everyone who's like worked with me, um, because I'm not going to call you staff because I hate using that, but it's because it's the known term. Yeah, my staff. Um, well, I, just, it, I just call myself the co-founder everywhere, so I hope you're cool with that. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> I did, that's what I never knew how to put. I've, I started calling myself at the start. I was calling myself the owner, and I went no because I don't want me to be the owner. I eventually, I know, ideally, if someone takes this further than what I could do it, then great, I'm happy to hand it over. Um, so yeah, I've been calling myself founder. So I, I, I might, I might change the co-founder because, yeah, even though it was around a couple of weeks before you got involved, Stu, it only really took off when you got involved. So yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Well, I was just doing it for my ego and to make it myself both look and feel bigger. So I'll, I'll, I'll have a proper talk. I will have a proper discussion about it off air where you'll remove it from your email. I mean, <laughs> no, that's absolutely fine, Stu. Absolutely fine for the public, honestly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But I want people to feel that this is something they can be part of and they can share. And it's, you know, what we do bring in on the minimum amounts via Twitch and Patreon literally all just go into into hosting costs and SoundCloud costs and, and things like that. I wish I was gallivanting off and, you know, spending it on, on drugs or whatever. Um, I wish that was the case, but it's not. It goes on like hosting costs. But if we ever got to the point where we was turning a profit, that's something I'd want to share with everyone. You know, make sure everyone gets their one pound. And I'm going to stop talking now. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. 
So yeah, that was maybe a bit of a soppy one. But yeah, it is just a thanks to everyone for being involved with this at whatever level. You got anything you want to add before we head off? I mean, you haven't shut up the whole episode, Stu, so... I know, you have to quiet me down sometimes from getting overworked. Yeah. Don't, I don't, sorry, just, just, I'm doing it again. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. But just, it's just, it just popped into my head. I don't do my FA course at the moment. And um, one of the cool bits we had to do was set up some training drills um, in pairs or threes. And because I, I, I missed one because of my foot, I got put into a pair with someone. So we set up the training drill. And I, I'm coming around, I'm coaching and I'm, I'm bellowing at the, um, other, at the other coaches, giving them positive encouragement as I do with my kids. You know, I, I project my voice. I think that's come from presenting and stuff like that, that you learn to do that. Whereas a lot of the other coaches were like very quiet, even though they was trying to get across instruction. It was all very quiet. It was like, right, okay, can everyone right now, could you go, like, you go to that code, you go to that code. And I'm like bellowing and projecting this voice comes to the end of getting feedback and was like yeah brad was really positive it was really good and then like the main um, instructor turned around and went right okay what about the other one everyone went we didn't realize he was doing it and i just went oh crap i've done it again haven't i i haven't shut up oh wow and the key way you've got to talk less when you're coaching but i can't help it i'm a talker um no. it's yeah yeah i know it's a, but it's a it's a it's a coping mechanism as well for a lot of things. So it's like, but I don't want to start. I, mean, I actually sort of um, took him to the side afterwards and went sort of like, and I do apologize. I don't mean to do it, but I said, this is what I'm like, unfortunately. This is what I have to do. Um, and he was understanding with it, which was all good. But yeah, um, I'm a talker. <laughs> yeah. So I think you asked me a question a while back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did I want to add anything? <laughs> um, not much, but only that, uh, like you're doing study, I'm I'm studying as well, and uh, it's really good when it's something you're picking in your adult life. It's it's really it's really good when you're picking something that you genuinely enjoy rather than you feel like you have to do it when you're a kid. So yeah, yeah, that's good. It's it's again positive feedback for something that you're doing, and but you'll also get criticism if you're getting it wrong. So it's an important part of life, I think. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. You done now, Christ? <laughs> Jesus, that dragged on, didn't it? <laughs> um, but so what I'm gonna do as a treat for everyone. And because I'm now getting a sore throat, <laughs> because that's my punishment. Sure, I'm going to let you sign off. Go on, you sign off for us. Okay, so thanks for listening, everybody. And as usual, make sure that you're following us on YouTube, on Twitter. Join our Discord if you want. We have a great active community. We talk about games, but we talk about all sorts of other stuff as well. Feel free to follow us and pay on Patreon if you want to support what we're doing, or on Coffee. And I've been Brad. I've been joined by that idiot Stu. And in the meantime, till next time, stay safe. There we go, we're out.